Okay, hi everybody. Welcome to another Prog Report podcast. Thank you for joining us again. If you've missed any previous episodes, they're available online on progreport.com, iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, Stitcher, Facebook, YouTube, all that good stuff. Hopefully you guys have been enjoying the podcasting guests that we've had uh, over the last few weeks and months. You know, we're coming up um, off of a a really cool one that we just did, which was uh, a non-prog uh, bands for prog audiences where we had Mike Portnoy on and we talked about uh, different bands like Jellyfish and, and uh, Big Wreck and Tears for Fears and all that kind of stuff. And that seemed to go over really well. And so we sort of have, uh, and we're going back to the prog well this time. We're doing the top five Riverside song, which certainly is a prog band and with, a, with a substantial prog audience. But we have a really cool guest that maybe isn't in the prog world, so it, it'll be an interesting uh, introduction to our audience and vice versa. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, first introduce our uh, Prog Report contributor guest. We always have somebody that's involved with the website uh, on occasion come and join us. So I'd like to welcome back Jordan Blum, who is uh, uh, somebody you know from reviewing uh, albums for us. And he was on previous podcasts and he writes for a lot of different websites. So his work is well known and he's working on a big book that he's going to tell us all about as well. So hi, Jordan. Hey, thanks for the, the nice introduction. Uh, yeah, I write for, as much as I can write for the Prog Report, I do. I'm an editor of Pop Matters. I write for Prog Magazine, Metal Injection, all over the place. And then, yeah, I'm working on a basically album-by-album album retrospective um, on Jethro Tull that I need to finish in a few months, so it'll be published in the first half of uh, 2019 in the UK and America, if all goes according to plan. So, you know, focus on that a lot, but I'm happy to take a break for a bit and, and do this. Very cool. Thank you, man. Um, and uh, so our next guest is uh, somebody that comes from more of the death metal world. Uh, we're happy to have Michael Stane from Dark Tranquility here, who uh, I've gotten to know on emails. And it turns out that uh, we're both Riverside fans. And this is good timing to have somebody come on that maybe is not in the prog world and uh, so you prog fans will get to know his music and uh, his fan base might get to know Riverside. It's one big happy family, which it's is very, very nice. What we Thanks try to do around this here. Is, this is interesting. This is <laughs> finally, I get to talk about prog, you know, it's, it's, it's rare when I do interviews and, and stuff like that. It's always about metal and all that. So yeah, right. Uh, this is very, very interesting. No, that's cool, man. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Um, so by the time we air this, you'll have uh, started this big North American tour uh, with a lot of bands, but why don't you go ahead and tell us about that and what's going on in, in, with uh, Dark Tranquility right now? Yeah, we were, yeah, we were doing our third American tour for this album of ours, uh, together with our friends from Amorphis, Moonspell, and Omnium Gatherum. And we're going to start in New York and then uh, work our way over uh, to Canada and then down to the West Coast and then to Texas and all the way back to, to Florida, and then we head home. So it's going to be a uh, good six weeks tour or something like that and yeah. I, I can't wait it's going to be so much fun and this is like kind of like a dream tour for for us it's we're all friends and it's these are bands that i really enjoy and uh, loved over the years and uh, finally we get to tour together so it's really really exciting 
Yeah, I mean, uh, anybody that's not familiar with the band, I mean, you guys definitely shred. I mean, there's some amazing guitar playing and drumming and, and music on there. So they're very progressive at, at times. I mean, how much how much from the prog uh, influence do you draw into the, into your music? I think we started like um, maybe in '94, '95. You know, that's Dream Theater and bands like that kind of became popular. We realized that whoa, we can we can do that. You know, we could use kind of like our prog influences into our more thrash and speed and death metal sound and that was really really exciting so it was a matter of kind of trying to incorporate some of that at least and some of that thinking into into our music and uh and i think we all became better musicians because of all those great bands that we tried to kind of live up to and, and try to copy somewhat in uh in order to to make our sound more interesting and diverse and you know a bit progressive you know yeah and, uh, so it's it's been a huge huge influence all along but I would never consider us be a progressive band, but we definitely have those influences in there. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, guys, check them out if you're not familiar. Um, okay, so uh, what we're going to do here again, Riverside has been around for, God, almost 20 years now, 15 years, I guess. And um, yeah. a lot of albums. They're putting out their seventh studio album, Wasteland. Now's a good time to talk about... Uh, their best songs like we do on this podcast and everybody here has heard the new album uh before it has been released so maybe some of that will creep into these lists and we'll sort of see how it goes but it's a band that's been through a lot they lost their guitar player uh piotr uh 2016 uh, and decided to uh you know move forward and on his in his honor and the new album is uh, really the three of them with with uh Mario's doing some guitar playing and some other guitars contributing. And, and uh, I, I think they did him justice on this album. I think it's pretty amazing, as uh, I think you guys will probably agree. Without a doubt. I was very worried. And for the longest time, I didn't want them to continue. I felt like he was such a huge part of their sound. And, uh, uh, and I, I just felt weird about it. I was like, I, I don't know how I, if I want to hear another album. But turns out I really did because the new album is fantastic. And... Uh, but it's different and it's not the, this, what it used to be. And that's what's great about it. And they can do that and they could uh, totally sell it. And I think, yeah, I, I'm so happy that they decided to kind of move forward and, uh, and I can't wait to see them perform live. I haven't yet, but um, yeah, I couldn't be happier with, the, with what they've done this time. Jordan, how about you? What, what are your quick views without giving away your, your <laughs> official review? Um, I really like it. I think it's a grower. Um, I'm liking it more and more as I listen. It's, I don't, I mean, I don't think it's their best. That's not really, but I still think it's quite good. Um, and better, I guess in the sense, better than it has any right to be. I think <laughs> we're not, I mean, you know, for mainly being the basses and vocalists, I think Marius does a good job filling in the guitar work. Um, yeah. And I think knowing the backstory of what's really inspired and what they went through in, the, in February of 16, I think it was, obviously lends a lot of like pathos to it. Um, so it's very touching and it's, you know, it's, it's what Riverside does best once again. Yeah, they, they have a lot of, uh, I don't know what the word, but I always, when I talk about them, I feel like it's a lot of substance in their music. It's very deep. It's, it has yeah. a, lot of, a lot of meat to it, you know, lyrically and emotionally. And so you're not just listening to guitars move around, you know. And so I think, no, that's, I th think maybe cool. that's, that's something that turns some people off. But for me, that's their absolute strength. It's not about showing off. It's not about being like, hey, look at us, progressive musicians who are awesome. It's, it's about kind of the substance of the song and how the emotional connection you get to, to those songs that, that makes them so unique, I think. And there's nothing really like it, especially in the, in the prog like metal or prog rock, whatever world. This, they're 
truly unique, I think, in in many ways. And uh, I think so, especially more with this new album, which which maybe we'll we'll talk about as well. Um, all right, so you know what? Uh, so what we're gonna do? We'll count down five, four, three, two, one. And Michael, why don't you go first? And Jordan, then I'll go. So Michael, what's your number five? All right, so uh, I'll start with a. F- Actually, this is the first song that I heard, and uh, our drummer Anders Jibap he he texted me once uh, one day, and this was in two thousand and four, and he was like, "Have you heard this band?" And I had no idea, and I checked it out, and I was out. My my daughter was born in two thousand and four, so I was out walking with her <laughs> like the streets here in in Gothenburg, and it became this album became kind of the album that I listened to all the time when we were out walking. And it was out of myself and it was I was blown away. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. It was so emotional, it was so touching. And at the same time, it touched all those kind of my, all my prog nerves, you know, and it, it really got me into it. And I, I couldn't believe how fantastic the guitar work was. And uh, and so the, the song I chose is, as my number five is The Same River, which is the opening track. And it's such a bold song to open up with you know their first album and it's a what is it like a 12 14 minute song uh that takes yeah. like five minutes before the vocal starts that kind of stuff so it really kind of um makes a statement immediately and i love that about that song and uh it's it's been kind of one of those kind of that i go, always go back to that album listening to them back then which is weird i always kind of heard the name but i guess i heard uh at the time they drew a lot of comparisons to porcupine tree and i was a big porcupine tree steven wilson oh, fan. Yeah, yeah, me and too. uh and i know marius hates that comparison a lot is, and and is so happy to be away from that um well it should be a compliment compliment i mean it's it's not that they were ripping anything off it's just that no. it has that same kind of vibe in a way but it's i wouldn't say they're similar that similar you know but it's uh no definitely it, more back then than now i don't think they yeah true they true he was like directly it. influenced by porcupine tree too so he yeah. moved away from it but yeah it's definitely an influence yeah yeah for sure uh all right great uh yeah that's a great choice uh yeah i mean to cover the gate 12 minutes with your first song not a bad way to not a bad way to get started <laughs> uh all right jordan what's your number five um, well, first, like, I was going to put the same river up higher, so maybe I'll change my answer for that spot. <laughs> um, I agree with everything you said. It's it's a great opening, and you know, it's Floydian, and it's got a great rhythmic shift and all. But anyway, my number five is actually the last song on the newest album, "The Night Before." Ooh! Um, wow. Yeah, okay. it really grabbed me immediately. Um, and as I said, like the album as a whole is growing on me as I listen to it more. But this one immediately like stopped me in place. Um, and I think it's a great example, not only of Mario's writing, because I think he's one of the best songwriters in, in modern progressive music, um, but just in general, that sometimes like the most heartbreaking and the most uh, arresting songs are the simplest ones. Yeah. Uh, without like sort of spoiling what it is for people that haven't heard it yet, obviously haven't heard it yet. It's like a very echoey, um, 
somber piano ballad. And there's not really much to the arrangement or even to the lyrics. Um, it's just sort of like a, a meditation. Um, but just the way the piano echoes around his voice and that the way the piano mirrors the chorus and how he hums along with it and even kind of just what he says. It's just like kind of a, I don't know, almost like a lullaby to get, you know, that now that you face so much tragedy and, you know, the album's about that, now it's sort of catharsis and it's acceptance and it's like, you know, everything will be okay. And it's just very haunting and beautiful. When the night begins to fall A parallel with the song titles on this album that he Mario yeah. talked about uh with that one is uh, the night before and the last song on second life syndrome is uh i guess before and the same thing with the opening tracks on both albums yeah with after and then for this one the day after right and I, i'm convinced i don't know if i'm the only one who's heard this but i'm convinced that one of the other songs on the new album um it's like a four second like drum pattern that I think references the same river, unless it's just, you know, the drummer's style, but I'm pretty sure that's a nod to the same river. Oh, wow. I haven't heard that, but maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just a which song, <laughs> which song are you talking about? Um, Battle of Tears. Oh yeah. Right. I got to I got to it's, it's around like three minutes and 40 seconds. There's just this little, like, I don't know. He hits like, um, symbols or something in the same. It just reminds me of the same river. I don't know if it's intentional oh. or not, but. I like okay. it because I love that. Could stuff. be, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know you and I both like that. Uh, all right, I'm gonna go, um, and I'm gonna go to the new album as well. And my number five is uh, the second track, but it's the main first main song, "Acid Rain." Uh-huh. After the brief, there's an opening intro called "The Day After," and then "Acid Rain" comes in, and it's uh, I don't know. I think it's the heaviest song on the album. It has just a really killer heavy guitar riff to open it. Um, God, I just love the chorus in that song. I think it's one of the best songs they've ever written. I was that w- that was the first thing I heard, and I was really impressed when I, I said, "Okay, this they're they're here for real," you know, coming back with this album based on that song. And then the second half, it totally shifts and becomes sort of uh, electronica, you know, his lunatic soul kind of vibe. He brings into the yeah. song of like two halves, and uh, I just love that song. I think it's incredible. I'm your life I'm your pretending I'm the cause Of your shame and anger I'm your crime Swept under the carpet Your vanity With all consequences Living on the start of day The start of life In an uncertain place without the sun Where are we now? Living in a fallen land 
it made me so happy when I heard it the first time because I heard Veil of Tears first, like when that kind of single came out or whatever, right. the, the lyric video, whatever it was. And I was like, all right. And normally I don't want to listen to just single songs off of a new album. I, I'd rather wait till the album is out so I can get the whole thing, no matter what band it is. But I had to hear this song and I was like, oh, it's like it's a little bit weird and it's very short and, you know, it's not really exactly what I w- wanted. Right. But, but then when I heard uh, Acid Rain, I was like, all right we're here like it's back and it's fantastic again and it, it felt so good it really kind of uh put my mind at ease you know when it came to yeah. this new album and uh, yeah i agree incredible song yeah so uh good hopefully you know by the time we air this people uh hopefully will will have heard or started to hear the album and uh oh, yeah. see what they think but two songs already from the new album which is pretty good it's uh, a, yeah. i think it's a, the best one from the new album uh yeah I, I, it's it's my favorite um Okay, let's go with uh, Michael, number four. All right. So this next one is it, it kind of a, a different song, I think, for from from them. And what strikes me about this song is that it could be kind of like a fantastic song from many other artists that I like because it, it's kind of universal in a way, or not, you know, not specific to just uh, Riverside, but it's stuck between from voices in my head. Ah. Uh. Synthy, <laughs> melancholy, beautiful electronic song that um, I don't know. Like I, I just can't get enough of it. And it's, but it, it really is. It could be, I don't know. It could be like um, Martin Gore song or something like that. It could be, it could be kind of anything in within uh, kind of like prog genre as well. But it, it, uh, it's just incredible. another one of yours uh jordan yeah i think that's to me that's their most underappreciated song i adore that oh. song wow cool like like never i mean i guess like you know diehards know about it but i think because it was on an ep yeah you know, it, it gets you know it's underknown for one thing yeah, but it's, it's true eps kind of get left out and i i, I yeah, yeah because i've been listening now for the last couple of years like two three weeks just a lot to to their entire catalog and then some of these ep songs kind of get left out because normally when you put on the album you just want to hear the as much as possible you want to hear the, the full on 50, 50 60 minutes whatever it is and the eps kind of get left behind but this is such a incredible ep all the way through but especially this song I'm glad that we're not, uh, yeah, because I don't have that. I, I'm glad that we're starting to see a little bit of <laughs> different, uh, different choice of socks. Yeah. So I was worried about that. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, I got nothing more on that one. Uh, that's great. Um, Jordan, what's your number four? Um, my number four is uh, Escalator Shrine from Shrine of New Generation Slave. Um, I mean, it follows, I think, a I don't say a typical Riverside template because it's not that, you know, they don't repeat themselves, but it starts out very like moody and brooding and slowly and then it builds. And I think it's one of the best examples of that. Not the best that they've done, which we'll get to, 
Um, but it's just one of those lengthy songs that just goes through multiple, you know, sections. Um, it just builds really well. It's very tense. It's very kind of in your face without being a, like off-putting. It's still really catchy, which they do well. And then like so many of the great songs, including uh, Stuck Between, we just talked about, I love how Marius does these like vocal overlaps at the end, these chants that like these counterpoints. He's um, a genius at that. Whenever he does that. those, it's so well done. And the ending of the of this song oh, it, yeah. is one of my favorite moments from the band ever. Yeah, um, I mean, I like the rest of it, but I think it's that ending that really makes Escalator Shrine stand out. It's just, and again, it's such a, it's such a dynamic song. It's such a dynamic band to go from super heavy and then just this dreamy, symph- almost symphonic passage. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, I don't know. It's just great. We are escalator workers in the brand new temple. Came to shape identities, shed our skin, spirit born. that album as a whole i think that for me that might be my favorite album of, of the oh. band um oh. i like the change in the style that they went into that album and even the, the depth of self-delusion that song that bass and that song yeah. is great um fall, you know uh, there's so many great songs on the album i think that was a good shift in style for them for me and made me really start to notice them a bit more and then i also got to see them live on the pro- Prognation at Sea Cruise right off of that album. Oh, no. that, was, that was the first time I'd ever seen them live because here in the States, I don't, they don't come here often, if at all. So, um, yeah, so that was, uh, that was great. So I'm a big fan of that album for sure. Uh, okay. Let's see. My number four. I got, you know, in some points, this might be my favorite song by them, but it's not what they really do. So I feel like I can't put it at number one because it's just basically a ballad but uh conceiving you okay. um, second life syndrome is just one of the greatest ballads ever written yeah. and um and piano's guitar on it is so awesome that that uh it, it's it's a it's just a few notes but it's played so brilliant and uh the whole thing about it the the, the songwriting structure the arrangement the piano part um just brilliant uh, all and i can listen to that song all the time um i just don't know if i if it's like a number one you know what i mean because sometimes it's because it's not like it doesn't uh it's not the prototypical thing that the band might might sound like but especially from that era when they weren't doing this many kind of songs that was when they were heavier um to put that song in there is amazing to me been considering you for so long If only I could change all things around Still considering you 
struggled with that song as well. I, I figured like it's either my top one or maybe not top five at all. I, so I, I just not yeah. to have it on my top five, but it, it's such an incredible song. Like it's, it's one that no matter what you think of the band or have you ever heard them, if you hear that song, it's kind of like one of those universal great songs. It doesn't matter what you're into, you can still appreciate it for, for how beautiful and how well constructed and uh, emotional it is, right? And they still play live to this yeah, day. They do. So yeah. Oh, that, I think that says something. All right, Michael, number three. All right. Um, again, something from an EP. And, really? um, okay. And, and something has struck me like um, about Riverside, how, how, how they never do anything that is skippable, you know, on any of their albums. There, uh-huh. there's, at least for me, like there's never a point where I go like, ah, skip this song and just go to the next. Or I just go, like, oh, I just want to hear these two songs and then I'm done with that album. That never happens. I mean, I think they have such a high bar for anything they do that like, so it's really hard to pick out songs that are, uh, way better than the other ones because they are they're just different right so um, uh, so the one that I this is from Anno Domini High Definition and it's the song Left Out which I think right. is incredible yeah. what is it like an 11 minute just beautiful everything I love about the band is in there there's this it's, it's heavy it's really kind of progressive and weird and then also it has all those super passionate fantastic guitar tones and melodies and uh, and it's um, and it's it's also for me that it's the the ep that i listen to the least which is i should well <laughs> it's yeah, just, yeah uh, you know what i was gonna uh, say that it's not my favorite album by them or EP, uh-huh. uh but that song definitely stands out and i think yeah. that's another one that they still you know play live uh, every yeah. now and then no, it's not. It's not one of my favorite albums overall. Um, but that's my. That's definitely my favorite song from that from, of those five. And in particular, I mean, it's such an emotional song anyway. Yeah. But around, and you know, the guys will know exactly what I'm talking about. Like when it gets really quiet, um, he says, "You know, I'm gonna break down. I'm gonna fight." I think, and then it has that little piano motif, that yeah. echoed piano motif. I just, I adore that part too. Yeah. And it just builds back up. That's a great song. One day we could have met And believed We might live that way Far away from the din Envious looks And chase for the prize We would have remained ourselves So, you, Michael, you were a fan then from the beginning and just following them yeah. as they were releasing stuff through all, all through the way, right? So, yeah. Jordan, uh, how about you? When did you get in, into the band? Because I came in late. I came in uh, after Second Life Syndrome was already out and all that stuff. So, Yeah, I think I came in right before Rapid Eye Movement came out and I picked up the first two. Um, I was kind of surprised at the contrast between the first two because the first one, I think, um, out of myself is definitely the lightest and still and and like the most songy. It's not yeah. like it's the least like progressive and heavy, I think. Um, but yeah, then I got rapid eye movement and have just been you know dedicated since then. Yeah. yeah. What about? I just want to pause actually for a second. I, 
what where are you guys with like lunatic soul and how do you see that stuff compared to to this for you um i mean i like all that stuff too i don't know if i like it as much i see it almost like it's more it's more electronic and it's more experimental it's almost like riverside losing some of the progressive metal or progressive rock elements and replacing it with like world music almost yeah yeah yeah, I don't get into it too much. Every uh, the last few albums have had one or two songs though that I really like. Yeah, that, I've, I've been like that too. Like, and I love listening to it because it's always great and it sounds fantastic and it's sweeping and it, it's. Uh, but it's 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 more something that I'll put on as I'm relaxing or taking right. a break or uh, yeah. you know like taking a nap or something like that. But it's it, it's always great and especially the new one I think is is really good. But it's. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not my kind of go-to albums when it comes to Mario stuff. Yeah. I mean, cool of him to have a side project like that that's been running so long. It's very and, cool. Yeah. Uh, he's been so busy. Uh, all right, Jordan, you're number three. Um, number three is Loose Heart from Out of Myself. It's just such a great melody. Um, you know, and it comes between the two reality dream instrumentals. And it's just very catchy. Like if, if Riverside were ever going to have a single that like mainstream audiences that radio air play would, would flock to, um, yeah. I think it's definitely one of them. It's just, uh, it's very immediate. It's not like it's nuanced, but it's not like really complicated. It's not multifaceted. It's just like very direct, catchy, um, emotional song. All those feelings went away. I may not be what you think I You know, the first album is not the one that I listen to as much, so I'm not, I, I know the songs a little, but I'm not as well versed in the first album. So maybe I got to go back and give it, <laughs> give it a stronger listen. Yeah, um, uh, my number three is, uh, I was between two songs from Rapid Eye Movement, uh, Parasomnia, which I love and is just kick-ass. Uh, but I'm going to go with, um, just because I think it needs to be on, on the list, and I'm not sure if it would be or not, uh, O2 Panic Room. Oh, wow. Just because that song just is so cool. I love, the, I love the metallic, distorted drum beat that goes on. Very Nine Inch Nails, obviously, wow. influenced by that. And not something yeah. that they did a lot. But, um, but it has, it's one of those songs for them that has a real groove to it. The other side of life Trial of my own unhealthy dear With what I lost inside
Jordan, you're familiar a lot that I was reading about this and that it, I guess the lyrics are about some video game, Silent Hill or something. Do you know, you usually know more about that kind of stuff. Oh, um, yeah, I do. I think I do remember hearing something about that. Um, so you're a big video game yeah. guy. And it, <laughs> yeah, I think he's really into, I know he's really into Fallout, like Fallout series. Oh, yeah. Oh, that explains a lot on, uh, on the new album. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Okay. What is uh, what is that game? Yeah, it's it's total wasteland game. It's post-apocalyptic, uh, and it's, it's oh, well, a, there you a go. kind of like rebuilding after the uh, everything is gone, basically. So well, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I listened to your interview with Marios, and uh, he kind of referenced some of some of that kind of rebuilding and also this kind of post-apocalyptic feel, and uh, yeah, so it immediately got me thinking of Fallout, which is so. Oh yeah, totally. well that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a um, big gamer as well, so that, there we go. Okay, perfect. <laughs> So uh, let's see, number two, Michael. All right, for me, it's um, another, uh, oh, it's a title track. It's Second Life Syndrome. I just think that that basically has everything that Riverside is. Um, it's heavy, yet very sensitive and mellow. And uh, um, it really, really shines as one of those kind of like uh, songs that, it tells you everything about the band immediately, you know. One of the, the things that I like the most about Riverside is that they can be some kind of very obvious in terms of lyrics and it's kind of like very clear what, what they're dealing with and sometimes it's just very vague but you immediately get it anyway because the way it's expressed and the way it's, it's sung and the way it, it kind of the melodies of the songs accentuates these emotions, you still get it, right? And, um, and I think that's so rare in, in prog rock and metal prog metal like because it's normally about you know not that much it's all about musicianship and 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 sounding good but here i think it has it, it, it's really really touching and i think even, even a song like this which starts out really heavy still touches you and it still makes you feel and uh then it goes in, in a different direction and uh, and you're still kind of totally grabbed with it and uh I, I really love that about them. And well, I, no, this is this is one of their best songs for sure. Um, uh, it is. It's the definitive song of the band. Uh, yeah, that's uh, the word I'm, I was looking for. Actually, uh, me too. I was trying to find that word the whole show. Uh, but um, you know what's cool about that song? You know, 15 minutes or however long it is. Uh, uh, they they do these kind of long instrumentals, and they do this a lot in all their music without ever getting into sort of the the musical gymnastics it's always more based on rhythms and groove and uh, uh just different parts and different time signatures and things but never just shredding and no because they, they yeah they always leave you wanting more and i always think like whenever a guitar solo starts i go oh i can listen to this for 10 more minutes at least come on come on and then 
you know, it ends and then something else comes. So then you just want to go back and listen to that song again just because of that solo or that melody or something like that. So it's it's really just teasing all the time. It's never enough. Like I, I, I wanted the songs to be longer all the time. I think what else is cool is it's a cool title. And yeah. I mean, it just sounds like it's going to be a good song. When you look at the back of the album and you see Second Life Syndrome and it's the longest song, right away yeah. you go, that's got to be good. Yes. That's, how, that's how it works for me. I don't know. Yeah, that's how they get pro geeks like us, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they can't that's, suck. I think also, like, I think, um, how do you say it? Hit the former guitarist's name? Piotr, right? Grodzki. Yeah, Piotr Gjordski. Piotr, I think, I think he's got a great style. It reminds me of Dave Gilmore. I don't think it's the most. For sure. I don't think it was the most. Like, I interviewed him. Like a few months before he passed away, sadly. Um, oh, wow. I, said, like, I don't think you're the most technical or like the versatile, but your style is so perfect for everything else around it. Yeah. Um, and I think that the, the end of this song, his guitar work at the end of Second Life Syndrome, is maybe the, maybe his standout moment in terms of yeah. just like why was he great? Why did he fit? Listen to this yeah. third section. Yeah, it's just incredible. Yeah, agreed. Um, all right, Jordan, number two. Uh, my number two is sort of. An atypical Riverside song from an atypical Riverside album. It's from the it's the title well, not the title the first track from Love Fear and the Time Machine. Lost. Why should I be frightened of a hat? Yeah. <laughs> Again, <laughs> another great title. You can't argue. It's a pretty proggy title. I can't argue with that. Because <laughs> uh, you know, prior to that, you have you know, Heaviness, Ryan New Generation Slaves was the album before that. I yeah. Um, yeah. It was heavy. It was kind of like bleak and industrial. And then this was their sort of throwback to like 80s pop as much as they possibly could. I think yeah. not just this song, but the album like Addicted. Yeah. But I think Lost probably for me is the catchiest song Marius has ever written. It's just so like, I don't know, infectious. It's just so catchy and uplifting and just joyous and colorful. Because um, so much of their stuff is kind of bleak and, and depressing and nihil not nihil I don't know, maybe nihilistic. It's just... It, it works. I love that stuff. But I think this song is a nice turn. I was frightened of a thousand hats Bouncing off the answers Losing pride Had a fear of failure And true love But I don't regret that I am what I lost talked about how that album was was like their happy album yeah. and it's funny when you listen to it because it's barely happy but for them it's, for them it's but for them know, it's happy yeah it's like the sun shining you know and uh so but there's that's, there's that's really something of, i can relate to as a Scandinavian. <laughs> you know it's like this kind of like yeah this is our happy stuff oh but it's depressing as fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we feel <laughs> yeah no you know what i like that album a lot uh because of the different instrumentation on it it would became more organic there was more acoustic guitars and pianos throughout yeah. that album uh the bass was recorded different i know that he had talked about that uh yeah. when it, when i interviewed him for that album but i yeah no i agree with your choice i mean it's it's they're significant with how they present an album from the opening track they oh, yeah. they tell you up front this is what this album is going to be. 
And with this set, with with that album, they set the tone with that song again right away. Where it's going to be, this is this is not going to be as sad and somber. We're we're trying some other stuff, and yeah, it's a good good choice. Unexpected. I didn't think that was a song that would be on here. So cool. We've actually been very diverse. We haven't. No one's repeated. Um, well, that's the, well, some of us have changed our answers based. Oh, yeah, <laughs> based on what other people said. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, all right. My number two. I'm gonna go back to the same album, Jordan. Again, oh. copying you. Love, fear, and the time machine. Um, this easily could have been my number one song. It was my favorite song when I first heard the album right away, and uh, it's still my go-to song probably more than others when i go think of riverside uh and it's another weird title caterpillar and the barbed wire oh which um i i love man the ending the ending is the greatest the ending to me is everything about this song um the the that guitar part and they're really good at that um you know i like the bass line that drives it through the beginning uh, sort of haunting vocals. It's sort of maybe a little bit of a darker song for this album, but uh, I just love the ending, how it builds. To me, it's it's that's Riverside to me right there in that song. Now the bleeding won't stop for I struggle through the barbed wire trying not to believe that I need your love But it got me now I think it's great. I mean, I think it fits in with the rest of the album, and it's yeah, it's just I don't know. It's very fun. It shows you know it starts again with like a bouncy bass line, and very atmospheric. I think almost like Floydian. Yeah, yeah, it has a lot of that to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was uh, I was putting together that my list, and I knew right away that was one song I was on there right away, and then I just needed to figure out where to place around it. So. <laughs> Um, by the way, Michael, you, have you ever met the band? You ever gotten to know these guys or anything like no, that? No, I just said hi. Like they played here, actually on the street where I live, where there's a small, tiny venue where that normally hosts um, like just prog rock because there's like a there's this uh, prog society kind of thing here in Gothenburg that puts together uh, weird shows, you know, some Genesis cover bands, stuff like that, and uh, normally, you know. It, like it's 60, 70 people or something like that to show up. And so even at that, and this was, I can't remember the year. It must have been 2007 or something like that, maybe. Um, and they, Riverside played here and it was fantastic. But it was, yeah, and I, I was kind of hoping, like, hope everybody's there. And I brought all my friends that I knew would be into it. But it, it was still kind of like a small audience. But it was a beautiful, amazing show. And then uh, after the the show they they sold t-shirts stuff and I said like I love you guys and just shook hands and that was it basically. Uh, so unfortunately I haven't met them more than that, but I've seen them a couple more times. I played one more time here in Gothenburg and I've seen them at a couple of festivals throughout the years. Yeah. Jordan, have you seen them live? 
Um, yeah, I helped book them at a nearby venue three years ago. Oh, cool. All right. And it's a shame because like, I, wa- I really wanted to meet them. Um, I never met them, but I talked to Marius on Facebook pretty frequently. He's you know, a really nice, open guy, so I wanted to introduce myself, but I didn't get a chance to. Yeah. No, he is. He's a good dude. Uh, all right, Michael, your big number one choice. All right. And this actually ties together with what we were just talking about. So this, the, the reason I chose this song was uh, right after Shrine of a New Generation of Slaves came out, we, we played a show in Poland, like the, this festival way out in the uh, far from any other city that I knew of and uh, with all, only with you know, cities that I couldn't pronounce the name of. And we played this festival, and Riverside was were playing the same day. So I was really, really excited because the album had just come out, and I listened to it constantly. And I figured, like, all right, we're going to go to a festival. Sure, we're going to play, but that doesn't matter because I want to stay there. I want to have some beer, and I want to watch Riverside in Poland. It's going to be awesome, and I, I couldn't imagine anything better. But for some reason, after our show, something happened with our flights so we had to leave and just like pack ourselves into a bus and travel for five six seven hours um instead of watching the show so i remember sitting in the bus uh looking out at the the polish countryside listening to shine of new generation and this and at at this time i was going through some relationship issues and things and the song we got used to us came on and it kind of encapsulated everything I was feeling at the time. And I was just sitting there watching this beautiful landscape kind of with the sun going down, realizing that they were playing a couple of miles behind me. Uh, so there was in this crappy bus <laughs> crying uh, with, with uh, joy because of how they kind of captured exactly how I felt. And uh, I still love the song. I think it's, it's without a doubt their finest moment and the most emotional song. And, um, Nice. It gets me every single time. We pretend we're okay by filling up our inner space with little hates and so-called love. I know we got used to new ones and I don't I had a very similar experience with um, Anathema's weather systems. Like, like oh, yeah. yeah, I always tell that story of just like what I was going through, and what that and that song, like perfect, or that album, exactly captured what I was feeling at the moment. So I totally, I relate to that. It's, it's the yeah. great thing about music. Oh yeah, that's a great choice, man. I love that song. Again, I, I love every song on that album, and that's a beautiful, uh, another beautiful soft ballad from them. But. Um, he has a way of writing lyrics uh, to some of these type of songs that you can really get, you know, they get under your skin. You really understand what he's trying to say. And he's just great at that. And I sometimes compare it a little bit to Neil Peart in the way that it's so simple, but it's still so effective. You know, even though these are more emotional songs, but sometimes you can take something uh, out of context from a, from a Neil Peart lyric and it sounds weird or it sounds like just, um, I don't know, too simple, too straightforward. But in the, in the in the in the entire song in the in the, uh, the construct of the song, 
it makes perfect sense. And I, and I find that with, with Mario's lyrics sometimes where I go like a, a, a couple of lines here and there are kind of like, oh, it strikes me the wrong way, but then I listen to the whole thing and it, it makes perfect sense and it becomes obvious like where it's from and, uh, and how it, why it affects you that way. Yeah, great, awesome, no, great choice. Uh, Jordan, number one. Um, well, I did, as I said, I did change my number one. My number one was Second Life Syndrome. Uh, but that's, I mean, it's a cliche, I guess, and obviously because, you know, it's so popular. Um, I stand by my, my new choice. I think it's, it's almost as good. It's up, it does the same thing, and it's um, Ultimate Trip, the last song on Rapid Eye Movement. Oh, yeah. Um, and it sort of wins by default because, as I said before, I love conceptual continuity. I love when things repeat, come full circle, et cetera. Like, you almost get, like, an extra brownie point or two for that. Yeah. Uh, outside of Ultimate Trip, just, you know, sounding very conclusive and triumphant and it starts you know harshly with drums and then it gets soft and hard again it's a great example of how they do dynamic shifts um so it's great in and of itself but then the way it brings back the radio the frequency that starts out of myself and really brings the trilogy like completely full circle um almost in, in how like pink floyd's the waltz you know ends and starts in a circle um it gets an extra point for me i just i just love how it brings it all together By the other streets of Jesus, sing through the veil. I close your mind, I'm the reflection of all your waking lives. Narcoleptic sins, I close your How do you compare rapid eye movement with second life syndrome? Cause some people like one over the other sort of specifically. Well, second, second life syndrome is, is my favorite of their albums. I think it's their best one in some ways. I mean, it's just my personal favorite. Yeah. So I know initially I thought that rapid eye movement was disappointing compared but to the so I, That's what I was saying. Like some people yeah. have read that before, but I, I, I like that album a lot. I almost had two songs on it, you know, from it myself. Yeah. I think it's maybe underappreciated. I think it's weirder. Like, um, as I think, is it Panic Room, I think, that ends? Let me double check real first. Yeah, so you mentioned Panic Room before, which is pretty, like, heavy and industrial. But then, like, that last section, like, that coda right, comes out of nowhere. It's very atmospheric, and it's very, like, I guess, ballsy for, for them to do that. I know, I still find myself going, did this, did, is this a different song? <laughs> I listen to that. It's very weird for him to put that on there, and it's still the same track. But, yeah, very cool. Well, I think I'm going to be the only person to repeat, um, but I'm going to do it anyway because I had set do this it. as my number one, and I don't. I have no conviction about changing it to another song, so I'm going to stick <laughs> my stick to what my number one was, and that's Escalator Shrine from Oh, nice. Shrine of New Generation Slaves. Um, uh, yeah, I, I to me, it's again this and Second Life Syndrome are like definitive sound Riverside songs. But sort of the way they write the long, their version of a long epic um, at about that 12, 15 minute mark, 
and they go through all these different sequence parts and they end on this thematic sort of chanting epic uh epic ending that's that you always hit a home run with me when you do that kind of song. That always <laughs> that always gets to me. It's as predictable yeah. as anything. If you can have a good ending on a on a big long epic for me, you've won me over. So yeah. that's that's I mean, easily where my prog fandom lies, I guess. I think the two songs literally begin with the exact same like hum, the same note, the same hum. Yeah. If not, they're like ninety percent the same, which very, you get anything to knock against it. Yeah. No, it's it's their style. I mean, and they, yeah. even if they're repetitive sometimes in their own music, they're re- it's their style that they're repeating. They have their oh, yeah. their own version of how they do this, and yeah. it's it's progressive in a very alternative yeah, rock so type well. of, type of way. You know, he he mm. views themselves a lot of, as sometimes alternative rock anyway, more than even prog. It's just you know the prog audience is what is who likes them. That's just how that's yeah. just how it works out. But uh, yeah, no, Escalator Shrine is uh, just a brilliant epic, and um, I almost it was between this and Second Life Syndrome, and I was fairly certain Second Life Syndrome was going to make the list from somebody. So <laughs> yeah. true. That's uh, no. that's sort of where I, where I went. I'm I'm you know what? But this is great. I I was worried we'd all pick Panic Room and all pick uh, you know Left Out or something, and it ended up working out. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is very well, that's, cool. That's that's the beauty of the band. I think there there are so many fantastic songs that it, uh, these lists can be different, right? Yeah, very, very much so. I want to just before I let you guys go. I mean, are you guys, Michael, are you guys working on a new album? What's what's coming up uh, next year for the band? Uh, well, yeah, next year we're gonna do a little bit more touring, but then definitely it's it's time to kind of get back to work and start writing stuff. We've been touring for almost two years now so it's yeah it makes sense that we start the, getting creative uh, again and not just uh grinding and working and traveling so but, where can uh where can fans uh find out more and and check out the last album and find out more about the dark tranquility well darktranquility.com of course uh, it's all there facebook instagram all those things and uh yeah we're gonna update with and now we're, yeah we're gonna be on tour as you're listening to this and uh all over american canada yeah um, together with Amorphous and Moonspell, Omnium Gatherum. And, uh, so there's, there's some progressive stuff in there. There's some really cool uh, cool dudes. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to, to get out. And it's, it's going to be fun. Yeah. And uh, yeah, then we get back and start writing again. But who knows how long that's going to take. Normally, we spend a, almost a year writing before uh, we feel satisfied enough to, to enter the studio and record this whole thing. All right. Well, great, man. I look forward to yeah. that. Maybe I'll see you guys on tour if it works out. I hope so. Um, uh, Jordan, your book, when can we expect it? Um, from what I understand, March of 19 in the UK and April in America. But again, I, I don't know. <laughs> You're right. It's out of your hands. <laughs> That's the, you know, the range they've said, the expectation. But of course, I have to get it done first, and that's the hardest part. How did how'd the, pro, how'd the book get, uh, you know, uh, where'd the idea? I mean, did they approach you? Did you suggest um, it to a publisher? What was the story there? Well, I finished a collection of poetry and fiction, and I posted on Facebook, like, hey, you know, should I self-publish this? Should I look out for publishers? How does this really work? Because I never tried it. And then somebody tagged um, one of my editors at Rock Society magazine, and I contacted him. He said, well, no, well, we do these books about, you know, on-track series, album by album by band. And I said, oh, well, you know, I write for the same magazine, so here's all these bands I know about that I could talk about. Yeah. And he wrote back and said, well, you know, this wouldn't work for that and this band wouldn't work for that. But 
we were looking for King Crimson or Jethro Tull, and I said, well, I could do both, but I, I like Jethro Tull more. I know more about them, so how about that? And you know, That's pretty much how it happened. That's very cool. Sweet. I look forward to that. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Well, good luck with your book, uh, Michael. Good luck with your tour, guys. Thank you so much. This was fun. Thank Sorry you. for the difficulties in scheduling, but thank you for no clearing your schedules for an hour and I uh, got, you know, we'll talk again soon. Thanks. And anybody that listening, uh, if you missed any um, podcasts, you want to catch up again, we're on uh, iTunes, Google play, Stitcher, Podbean. They're all on YouTube or progreport.com for everything. And you can find everything there and uh, we will see you guys all again next time. Thank you.